0: Are you struggling in building your audience, trying to find the right person, or just having a plan in place to get you some traction? On this episode, I'm pulling back the curtain on my own business and letting you in on how I built it from scratch to over $100,000 in monthly recurring revenue in just one year. Come join me. Welcome to the Launch Your Box podcast with weekly tips, tricks, and strategies to start, launch, and grow your subscription box. Now, here's your host, Sarah Williams. Welcome back to the Launcher Box podcast. Every week inside Launcher Box, I have the honor of working with thousands of subscription box owners. And one common struggle with members that are starting their business from scratch is that they just don't know where and how to start. Some of you listening might be kind of in that feeling. So, what they do is they kind of get started. They get started with the training, and we have an outline. It's not like they don't know where to start once they get in LauncherBox. It's that they're really struggling with how to get their business going. And I found myself at this place when I started my second business. I was six years into my product-based business. I knew what to do in a product-based business. But when I started my second business, it felt really hard. And the great thing about where I was starting with my second business is that I had knowledge of how a business worked, how I grew my audience, how I built my offers, and how I ran my business. But I had to take that knowledge and I had to completely recreate it for a brand new offer to a brand new audience in a completely different industry from scratch And man, did I learn a lot of lessons. So that's what we're talking about on the podcast today. I'm going to take you back on a little journey that started for me at the end of 2019. After my subscription box had really taken off, uh, I was now in the thousands of monthly subscribers. People had been constantly DMing me. Can I pick your brain? Can I ask you about that? Can I hire you for a call? Can I hire you for consulting? And I was so busy. My business was exploding month after month after month. And I was just trying to keep up with the growth and manage all the things of this newly exploded subscription box business that I had going on. I was hiring as fast as I could. I needed more help. I very quickly went from this entrepreneur that had one employee to this entrepreneur that had a six-figure brick and mortar store and a quickly million dollar a year subscription box that was growing rapidly. And I had one employee. And so I was just trying to keep up daily with the things when this was going on. And so I would try to answer people here and there. I would try to share because I I'm an open, transparent, community-driven person, so I want to help somebody if they need help. And it just got to be overwhelming, and I just couldn't do it anymore. It wasn't it wasn't beneficial to my time. But I had this one person that I had answered a lot of questions for in the earlier months that had kind of asked me questions over several months. And she asked if she could hire me for three months of consulting. She wanted to start her subscription box and I had been very helpful to her with just my DMs and she really wanted to hire me on a consistent basis to help her get all those components together and launch her subscription box. And so I want you, that was my first customer, okay, for this business. I want you to think about your first customer. I want you to think about who you're creating your subscription box for who's that person? When I think about my subscription box business, when I decided I was going to make that subscription box, I had a customer in mind. Like it's that person that was coming into my store over and over again. And they had seen some of my cute items in my shop, but by the time they got to my store, they were sold out. And so it was that person that I was creating that subscription box for, the one that would come in my shop regularly, month after month, looking for new things, looking for personalized items. So I want you to think about who this customer is, that you're either making your subscription box or that it is your very first customer. Okay. And it might be that you made them a one-time box. Or maybe you made them a special project. Or maybe you sold them something that they asked you to create. Now you're going to create a subscription box for this type of person and sell it to a lot of people. Well, this first consulting client was my first customer for Box, And after we got her set up and launched, I knew that I wanted to do this. She had a super successful first launch. She sold out of her hundred boxes that she'd planned for And I was so proud and I was so excited for her that I knew I wanted to do this. I knew that I wanted to build this type of business, but I didn't know how I was going to do that. It was completely different industry for me. There was no product involved. That was my sweet spot. That was my comfort zone. And I, I doubted myself along the way. Was I capable of even doing something like this? Was I worthy of building a business like this? And where would I find people that were going to buy this thing that I was creating? And that's probably a question that you ask yourself all the time. Where am I going to find people that are going to buy my subscription box? It was something that I had this fear of. How would I find these people? When I built my brick and mortar store, it was very locally driven And that's how I found people was in our local community. And I was very connected in our local community as a volunteer, um, both with like my kid's school. I was PTA president. I sat on a volunteer organization on the board of directors. I was very connected in my local community. So I had customers when I started my business, I had to start from zero. And so In the fall after this summer of 2019, so now we are in the fall of 2019, I decided it was time for me to move forward with my new business. I was getting constant messages of people wanting to hire me and I knew I didn't have the one-on-one time to just be hired out. Like That cost was going to be so high because I didn't have a lot of one-on-one time. I had this incredible product-based business that I was building and growing, and I was still in the thick of it every day, packing and monogramming and shipping. I was monogramming sometimes 10 hours a day. I was behind the embroidery machine. And so I didn't have time to be taking on a bunch of one-on-one clients, but I had this desire to help them. And I had to figure out how to create this new business. So I put together a plan and I thought, okay, what is this going to look like? What is my offer? What could I give them? What would I charge? And this is much of what I teach you in the post-it note challenge from the six and 60 workshop is we got to lay out what this looks like. And so for me, I had to lay it out on those post-its. I'm building a business. What does this business look like? What does the offer look like? What are they getting? What it What am I putting together? And if you haven't done the post-it note challenge, I want you to go over to sixin60workshop.com. It's the number six. So six I N six zero workshop.com. It's a free workshop that I've put together, but it, it's the post-it note challenge. It's this brainstorming activity of really laying out your business, what you want it to look like. And I do it in a very strategic way that's quick and fast and messy. And then we clean it up. Okay. So I want, if you can't see what this subscription box business looks like for six months at a time, it makes it really hard for us to continue with all the pieces. So that's what I had to lay out. I had to put out that plan together for what this was going to look like for this new business. And here's the other thing, I didn't have a social media for this. I just had my product based business social media, where people were following me and found me because they loved my cute monogram products. I didn't have business owners following me, but I did a little bit because they were asking me in the DMs. And so, how was I going to put this offer out? I couldn't put it offer I couldn't put this offer out on my product page. I didn't want to mix my messaging and what I was doing and confuse people. I DM people. I texted people. I talked to people in person. I know for an introvert, that's really, really hard, but I did. I networked with people. I had zero customer base. I had zero following. I wasn't going to just magically start a social media page and put my offer out there and have someone to sell to. I had to cold call people. And it was hard, and it was intimidating, but I knew that there were people in my life, in my world, in my you know circle that were the right people for this offer. so I messaged them, and it was people that maybe had messaged me throughout the year or so as they as they saw me growing saying, can I pick your brain? Can I ask you a question about your packaging? Can I ask you a question about your products? Can I ask you what website you have your subscription set on? Like those people, because I knew those people were the perfect people for this new business. And I didn't have a way to funnel them into anywhere yet, but that's where I started. So I want you to think about who's in your circle that would want this subscription box that you're building. There's people, you've been audience building your whole life. It's the people you talk to. It's the people you have friendships with. It's the people that you network with. It's the lunch ladies, not lunch ladies like a cafeteria, but the ladies you go to lunch with once a month to catch up. And it's who are the people in your world that can be your first customer that you're building this box for? that's where we have to start. And we don't realize that we have these people in our world, but sometimes we got to, we got to reach out to them and see if they're interested in our offer. And I'm not saying you should DM a bunch of people randomly, like an MLM offer or, or anything like that. I'm saying, who's asked you about things, who's asked you to make products for them, who's asked you about where you get products Who would be your first people? 19 people responded to me and said they wanted my offer. And some of that was in the DMs. Some of that was from friends of friends that had texted me. Some of that was from people I was meeting in person. 19 people, basically all cold calls. It felt hard because I had thousands of customers buying my products and subscribing to my boxes in my business every day, and I had to like really work to get these 19 people. Okay. I felt sometimes like I was just selling myself, and that's really what it was because it was a service business. I didn't have any cute products to put in front of them. That's an easy sell. Like selling your subscription box products was so much easier than finding people to want to buy my membership. Okay. And so I worked with these 19 people for two months. I asked for their feedback. I kept tweaking my offer. I was getting screenshots of their positive comments about something they took action on and had a win from their testimonials, their reviews, their excitement, all of those because we need those. And I want you to think about your first 19 subscribers asking for their feedback, tweaking your offer getting screenshots of their excitements and their reviews and their testimonials so that we can continue to build on this offer. I call this my beta group. And a beta group is just someone that is in on the ground floor and you're kind of building it out with them. They're a beta. It's not fully fleshed out yet. You might be thinking this is what you want for your subscription box, but you're not really sure if this is what people want. But when you're starting from scratch, You have to make sure your offer is the best it can be before we jump in, go all out, make make a bunch of mistakes with hundreds or thousands of people. So it's not a bad thing to start with a beta group of people. A lot of big businesses do this with focus groups and testers and product testers and all of that research that they do before they do a big launch of a product that's all I did with this beta group. That's all your first 20 subscribers or your first 20 customers or your first 50 customers are. They're your testers. They're your beta. We have to test it, okay? We have to make sure that we're not afraid of changing the offer because it's not exactly what we thought it was going to be when we planned this. When I planned Launcher Your Box, I thought... People would need and want one thing. And when these 19 people came into my world, I realized that they needed one other thing. They needed something different. And so it was about restructuring what I was giving them, restructuring that offer. And you can't be afraid of doing that. Okay. And so... I started my socials. That's like the first thing I'm i like, okay, I'm going to have a business. I got to start my socials, Facebook, Instagram, all the places I wanted to be. And then I needed to create some content that gave them some value that served them. And so even while no one's there, I need you to create some content on that social media page. Because when you do get someone to come over there, they need to see what you're all about. They have a split to second to choose whether they want to follow you, like you, or comment or engage. You have a split second. So if you don't have anything there for them to look at, to, to decide if they want to be a part of that or not, you're going to lose them and they may, may never come back. So the first thing I did was I needed to create about a week's worth of content, knowing that, that maybe nobody was going to show up I didn't want to start inviting people to like my page or putting myself out there until I had some content for them to see what I, what I was doing and what it was all about. So I created about a week's worth of content before I did anything. And I thought, well, I'll just build my social media. Once I get some content up, they'll find me through my content. My content will magically just fall in front of them and they will like my page. No. No, it's not. If we build it, they will come. That's not how it works. And so it felt like, it felt like I was watching grass grow in my front yard so, so slowly. And it just felt like I was creating all these posts and content to post and share. And a handful of people were seeing them and one or two people was engaging with them. And it just was slow. And I needed to grow faster than that. So I decided I was going to build my first lead magnet. And so this is in the beginning of 2020. So I start working on figuring out, I'm, I'm building content on my social media. So now I want to build a little bit more in-depth content to serve these people. Like, If I could give them some good information, some something that they need, then maybe the Maybe I could get their email address and I could start building my email list. I knew how powerful an email list was before I ever started this business. I needed an email list. I already knew the power of an email list in my product-based business. I was starting from scratch. So I had to build an email list. So I started with my first lead magnet. I wrote a short, basic outline of a subscription box business. It was just basic info that someone would want to know if they were starting a subscription box business from scratch. It was fourteen pages. Um, it was an ebook that I put together in Canva, fourteen pages. And not every page had a ton of words. Like there was uh, some graphics, and there was like a full fade, full page like inspirational quote. So I kind of make it look like a little tiny mini book. It was fourteen full pages. What was the goal here? The goal was to attract my perfect person because if they saw this on social media and it had subscription box in it, like the subscription box blueprint is what it was called. I knew that they were interested in starting a subscription box. Period. I didn't try to market to a big, broad audience. I got really, really specific early on so that I would attract my perfect person. Okay. I was going to give it away for free. And so i built it, got it ready. I was just going to, it was going to be a freebie lead magnet. And a mentor of mine, I had him look at it. I said, okay, here's my first lead magnet. What do you think? He said, you're not giving this away for free. You're giving away so much value in this ebook. Charge them. Paying customers will convert higher to a paid offer than a freebie customer. This is what he told me. I was so nervous. What if nobody buys it? He said, charge them and see. You can always make it free later. You can always refund somebody that bought it and make it a freebie later if you want to try and see. Okay, I put ten dollars on it. He said twenty dollars. I said, no, that's too high. I'm gonna go ten dollars. I was already doubting myself in this process. You can see it as I go through this. So I just I put ten dollars for the ebook and I started running some ads to this offer. And I was nervous about spending money building this because I didn't have very much revenue coming in. I only had 19 members. And so I was essentially pulling money from the product-based business to start to fund this new business. And I didn't want to do that. So I was really cautious about this. If I'm going to start this from scratch, I don't want to use the other business's money. So I'm just going to put a $20 a day Facebook ad budget into this and hope I can get two people to buy it a day. That was my goal. If I could get two people to buy it a day, it would pay for my ad spend. I wouldn't be upside down and I wouldn't have to take any money from the other business to fund this $20 a day. Okay. Let's just see. Maybe I can get 20 people over the next month. Maybe I could get 50 people over the next month to buy my ebook. And then I could launch, you know, my membership to them, like launch my offer to them. And so we started running ads. I immediately had sales. And within the first few days, I had over a hundred sales, which meant a hundred emails of my ideal customer. And so I kept Increasing the ad spend because a hundred sales meant a thousand dollars. And so now I was just funneling this back into my ad spend. This is called a self liquidating offer. You have a low dollar offer that you're using to generate leads and you're putting the revenue from that low dollar offer back into your ad campaign. It's called an SLO self liquidating offer. So I kept increasing the ad. Spend and within 45 days, I had an email list of over 1200 people. 1200 people had purchased my ebook in 45 days, generating $12,000 that I was putting right back into my ads budget and was about to officially launch my launcher box offer. I had more people on my email list than I even had social media followers at that point. They were liking my page, consuming my content, but not as quickly as they were buying and opting into this lead magnet. I now had their emails and I was about to launch my first official launch of Launcherbox Box to these 1,200 people and anybody that was following me on social media at that point. I got about 85 members and now I had new members. I had 104 members total. I had 104 members from starting my business from scratch because of this lead magnet. And I did it in a way that I didn't go in the red with ad spin trying to track the person because I put a small low dollar offer on it. So I was like, yes, okay. 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 Now we have a, like a legit business. Now I'm making $5,000 a month in monthly recurring revenue, MRR. Okay. We might have something here. Okay. So let me continue to work on this. After this launch, I was busy. I was teaching. I was training. Again, I had now just 5 x my membership from 19 people to 104. I was still trying to figure out is what my offer what they need and i was learning that they needed something different every time i i was just learning it was all a learning thing for me and i don't want you to get caught up in i can't change my initial box yes you can this is your business you can your offer can be changed we have to keep changing and evolving as a business owner i've done it with my product based business And now I was doing it with my service-based business. Listen to your customers. When I started my subscription box, I was putting too many things in it. And I was listening to them telling me that they had too much stuff. And so the goal was to reduce the amount of stuff they had and use that money to give them higher quality products instead of trying to put so many things in it and lessening the value and cheapening the box. So that was something that I I learned right right away from them. And so, and then I pivot again and I added the t-shirt because when I pulled out a survey at the end of one year, 85% of my subscriber base said they wanted more t-shirts. Keep listening to your customer. And I don't want you to get caught up in listening to the one or two or three people that say something, but I want you to listen to the majority. Okay. So yeah, on that poll, there were people that said they don't like the t-shirts, but it was an overwhelming response. 85% of them told me they wanted more t-shirts. That is data that I used to continue to grow my business. Okay, the people that didn't like the t shirts, that didn't want, that didn't wear t shirts, they're probably not my best customer. They're not my ideal customer since my business is centered around t shirts. I wasn't going to cater to them and change my whole business model for them or create a box just for them. Don't do that. Listen to the bulk of your customer base and adapt and change that way, not to the one person that doesn't like the color of a yellow t shirt that you put in your box. I did have that. Not to the one person that wants a women's cut shirt and doesn't like these oversized unisex shirts. No, because the majority of my customer loves the unisex. I'm not going to cater to those one or two people. And I don't want you to do that either because you're going to spend too much time, energy, and money trying to get everybody, make everybody happy. And that's not an efficient business practice. Okay. But I do want you to constantly be researching what your customer wants and how you can continue to serve them better. Okay. So now I had 104 monthly members. In the next three months, that ebook offer was still performing great. It was still running. I was running an ad spend every month. It was paying for itself, but it was the only thing that was building my list. And so I said, okay, I'm going to launch in another month. So I was, I was launching again. This was three or four months later. And I thought, let me just try a freebie lead magnet before this launch. Let me just see. I'll be, I have so much data from this paid lead magnet offer. I'll be able to test it against it. I knew I would get leads from it, but would those leads convert to members like my SLO offer, my ebook offer was? And so I thought, well, let me, shoot, let me just test it. I put together a freebie lead magnet. It was a PDF. It was my packaging cheat sheet. It was this question that people were asking me all the time. Where do you get your packaging? Where do you get your packaging? Where? How big is your box? What size is this? Where do you buy your stickers? Where do you buy your whatever I was using? And so I put all that information and threw it in a lead magnet. Think about what people ask you on the regular. I know like with crafters or artists that have subscription boxes, they're asking about what supplies they're using. Put a supply cheat sheet together. Or a supply checklist together, or my favorite tools. If you have a pet subscription, what are some of the people that ask you about different pet things? Like, how often should I feed my dog? How much exercise should my dog have? When should I change out the? I'm just making up stuff on the flag. You can tell it's really hard for me. (laughs) What do people ask you about either the contents of your box, about the person that the box is for, or about how to use the items you put in the box? Could you create a lead magnet? So this was about a month out before my next launch. I created a freebie lead magnet offer so I could grow my list even further. I still only had a few hundred followers on social media. It was still like watching grass grow, but I had over a thousand on my email list. So that's what I was focused on. So I set up my freebie lead magnet funnel. And I threw some ad spend at this one to see how it compared to the ebook offer. I was getting leads quick, but it was free. So I was really cautious. Would they convert? I had thousands and thousands of leads in this 30 days, thousands. And when I launched, I added another 400 new members, paid monthly members, mind blown, mind blown. I had to hire help, I had to get someone to help me with the community. This community, now I was over 500 monthly members. I had someone to help me with the content. I had to have someone help me with customer service. I need my login. I need this. I need to change my credit card. I needed help. So now that I had 500 monthly paying members, I could hire more. I could hire help for me. I was doing it all myself up until this point. And that's where you get to. When you start to grow your business and you're able to make and generate more revenue monthly, you're more confident in hiring and paying for help. All right. We're rolling three months later. Open cart again. I opened my cart three launches that first year. So it was three times a year and I just spaced them out evenly on the calendar. And I, I thought, I want to try one more lead magnet funnel. This was fun at this point, right? Like what else could I create? I'm such a, big thinker, creative thinker, like what else could I do? Let me try something else. I've had my ebook running all year. I started my freebie lead magnet cheat sheet, you know, three or four months ago. And again, I'm leaving them up and running with paid ads year round. We don't stop them after the launch. I'm continuing to build my list year round with my lead magnets. So I have a lot of creative friends, right? A lot of artists that are my business besties. Okay. And I would watch them do these workshops all the time where they would teach them how to make something in this, uh, workshop and they would charge, you know, $10. This was their SLO. They would charge $10. They'd teach them how to make something and then they would offer their membership where they would continue to show them how to make things every single month. Okay. Okay. So, and they were just growing like crazy. And I thought, man, how can I replicate that? How can I create a workshop? And so I tried one more league magnet funnel and it was my paid workshop week. And I called it subscription box coaching week. I felt more confident in spending ad money at this time because over the last eight months, I was seeing a big return on those efforts the ROI on the SLOs, the conversions on the freebies. I had a list full of people that were my ideal customer. So I I went all in with this workshop and I spent more money than I'd ever spent before. And it was about getting people into my coaching week workshop. And I spent like five times as much, but I didn't do that right out of the gate. You heard me say that I spent $20 a day on my very first lead magnet. I was more confident in my offer. I was more confident in what I was putting out there was working. I was more confident in what ads were doing for me. I felt okay with it. If I was starting a brand new business, I think I would feel nervous about it. But I knew what I was getting from my ebook and my free cheat sheet I knew that this was really good and I had an opportunity to get in front of a whole bunch of new people. And so I spent five times as much as I had before and I wondered if it would pay off. All I had to do was the math and it's really just a big mathematical equation. If I wanted to get 3000 new people into my workshop, this one $10 workshop that I called coaching week, I knew that that was going to cost me X number of dollars in ad spend to get 3000 people based on my acquisition lead cost of my $10 SLO offer. So it was the same dollar amount is for the same person. So looking at my acquisition cost from the ebook, how much did I have to spend to get 3000 of those leads into my new coaching week workshop? And that's what we did. What I did with the coaching week is I charged $10, but I also put a bump at the checkout. So I put a cart bump on the checkout and, um, it was another $10. I'll never do that again. have the same price, um, for the initial offer and same price for the bump offer. It caused a lot of confusion. Never, ever do that. Um, but that's what I did. And If they took the bump, that meant I had more money to cover my ad spend. So I was just trying to cover my ad spend, not get in the hole, not be stressed out, not worry about money. I just wanted to cover my ad spend. My workshop week was a huge success. I did get 3,000 people in that workshop, I converted 43% of them into my monthly paid membership. That is a giant, giant conversion rate. And now I added 1,400 new members to LauncherBox within one week. It put me over 1,900 monthly paid members, generating over $100,000 in monthly recurring revenue, 100K a month. It was a life-changing number. I didn't even have 1,900 social media followers. But now I had 1,900 people paying me every single month. That is the power of reoccurring revenue. That is the power of this email list. I invested in it. That's the power of these lead magnet funnels. That's how I built this business from scratch to over $100,000 in reoccurring revenue a month in less than a year. One year from scratch. I want you to let that soak in for a second. I started where you're starting at ground zero. I started with a social media page with zero followers. I started with an email list with zero followers. I had to build the business from scratch. I leveraged my social media to build my email list, okay? So I leveraged social media, started with social media. That email list was way more powerful than anything I was doing organically on social media. My lead magnet offers were niched down and were attracting the exact right person to put my offer in front of. I wasn't wasting my money on any lead, but it was the right lead. I knew it took money to make money, and I had to get over my fear of losing money with ads, and I had to change my mindset to seeing it as an investment for my business. It was an investment that paid off in spades. I just kept leaning into what was working. I was very strategic about putting the new lead magnets in front of people within 30 to 45 days of my launch so that I was still fresh in their minds. I nurtured these people throughout the entire year with content that I was serving, not selling. I was serving them with content, whether they came into my email list in the very first launch in January Or or March in that when I was building with my ebook, whether they came in through my freebie that I was building over the summer, whether they came in through coaching week, I was nurturing them every single week. I was getting myself in front of them with lives, Facebook lives. I was getting myself in front of them with short tutorials on how to do something. I was getting in front of them with action-based content to get them A quick win and get them to understand who I am and what I'm doing. I focused on what was working. And when I saw those lead magnets were working better than just my social media posts, I went all in. It doesn't mean I stopped doing social media. I had to keep that up because my ads were coming from social media. So if somebody was curious about who I was and what I did, I had to show them what I was about. And that's what I did on social media. So I want to ask yourself, I want you to ask yourself, what have you done to build your list before you launch? Are you solely relying on social media alone to convert to subscribers? Are you relying on putting your offer out on your page and that's the only way you're getting subscribers? Are you growing your email list year round or are you just putting it out there before you launch? Do you have a plan to grow your email list all year long? Are you tracking how many leads that you're getting into your business a month? I mean, I can tell you, I can sit here and tell you right now, last month I had 2,384 leads, new leads into my business last month. I know that exactly. My eye is constantly on that number. What I focus on grows. What you focus on grows. That number stops growing if that number stops growing, I stop growing. If you're not constantly getting new leads in your business, you will stop growing. If you're feeling stale and stagnant right now, go look and see how many new email leads you have on your list for the last month and then come back and let me know if that was a huge eye opener. Because if you're not consistently growing your list, it's very hard to grow your subscriptions. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to make a list. Of what lead magnets you have in your business right now. Are they the right ones? Are they attracting the right people? What would make someone give you their email? How does what your offer is help them? And we've talked about offers a lot lately. We're really focused on traffic for the first quarter this year. We've talked about it in the membership, we've talked about it in Monday Momentums, we've talked about it in my blogs and my emails that I send out. Focus on your traffic. Stop just focusing on sales. How are you getting in front of new people? Organically, there's a lot of things that we can do. We can work on our SEO so that our things are more searchable. We can put blogs out there that create content that, again, are searchable and people can find us. And we can also put lead magnets in those blogs. We can get on Pinterest. We can do it on social. All those organic traffic. Think about your paid traffic because what happens with paid traffic is... We're just, we're starting a fire. Okay. So we're starting a fire with organic traffic and we want to make sure that our, our fire is built well. Do we have the right logs? Are they stacked correctly? Are they working? Are they wet? Are they dry? Like we want to make sure our foundation is good. And that's why we, I usually start things organically to see how it performs organically. When I know I have a winner, then all I have to do is put ad spin behind it and push it out in front of new people. So that it will attract my person, and when I can do that, I grow quicker. It's like pouring lighter fluid on our fire, but we have to have the fire first. We can't just start ads running over to our website to buy something. I mean, you can, but it's going to cost you a lot of money. It's going to be a lot cheaper for you to get them on your email list and then work on emailing and converting them through your the power of email. Versus running straight to sale, you can do both, but I'm going to tell you your conversion ad is going to cost a lot more than your lead ad will. So let's focus on the lead. Stop waiting for people to find you. And I want you to go out and find them. If the idea of creating a subscription box is swirling around in your head, I encourage you to head over to launchyourboxwithsarah.com. Get on our waitlist and grab some of our free downloads to help you get started. That's LaunchYourBoxWithSarah.com.